Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Ranger Pod, the podcast which smears lipstick all over the morphing grid one episode at a time. I'm PDT and I know stuff about Power Rangers. And this is Grax who doesn't. I know absolutely nothing about Power Rangers. Hello everyone. Hello Grax. Uh, I noticed you're sounding particularly sexy today. Yeah, I wish I was by choice, but uh, unfortunately I must, I've picked up some kind of bug over the weekend. So I, I apologise if I don't sound like myself. Or maybe Squat broke into your bedroom and just kind of drip fed something to you. Yeah, that sounds like his kind of thing. A creepy little... Well, quite, because today we're looking at switching places. And this is a special two-hour edition as we attempt to answer just some of the questions asked by this episode. I hope we can answer some of these questions because it just completely left me speechless in some places. I think even two hours we would be struggling to even touch the surface of this one. Uh, but we'll wow. give it we'll give it a go because this is Switching Places. It first aired on October 4th, 1993. As ever, Grax's going to summarise it until I tell him I'm getting bored and give him a countdown. So, Grax, I'll try and go easy on you given your current sickness, but I won't go that easy on you, so take it away. We start in Billy's lab where Squat creeps into the darkness and switches some cables over on a machine for sabotaging. Then Rita announces that this is how we defeat the Rangers with the genie monster. Then Billy invites Kimberly to try out his newest invention, the mind-reading machine. In Billy's driveway, Bulk and Scar are also seeing and hearing this entire conversation, which is happening inside the building. Somehow, don't worry about the fact they can't see this. So Billy and Kimberly step into this highly experimental machine, and Billy flips the switch. However, the machine malfunctions, which causes Billy and Kimberly to switch bodies. Meanwhile, on the moon, the bad guy receives the lab from K94 of the Wolf's Head Galaxy, and they rub <laughs> the lamp to summon the genie to destroy the Power Rangers. Back in Billy's lab, Bulk and Skull sneak in and try the mind-reading machine on themselves and end up switching bodies as well. And then we are treated to a series of, quote, hilarious video clips of switching places hilarity, which includes Kimberly causing a computer to blow up and Billy causing a catastrophic, uh, failing catastrophically to teach a baking class. By the end of this montage, Billy and Kimberly tell the other heroes that they have switched bodies. We also get a shot of Skull eating a foot-long sandwich saying, we've got to get those geeks to switch back our bodies. But back on the moon, the bad guys teleport the genie to Earth by hiding him in the magic lamp. Then Squat releases the genie by rubbing the lamp. At the command center, Zordon summons the rangers to collect a lamp at the park to stop the genie. But it turns out that this lamp is empty. Empty. Oh wait, there are putties now. It's morphing time in 11 minutes and 6 seconds. The heroes fight the putties and gold ass for about 20 seconds, then Zordon teleports the Power Rangers to where the genie is. The genie fights them and kicks their ass for about six seconds, and then Zordon whisks the Rangers away from the fight, not really giving them a chance to fight. 30 them. seconds, come on. And they all flap their gums, talking about believing themselves, blah, 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 and they get sent back to do uh, fight the monster, then the monster is grown by Rita. The heroes summon the dinosaurs, form the Megazords, the giant genie and Megazords fight, but the genie proves to be still seconds. too, too strong. Eventually, Alpha and Zordon figures out that the lamp is the source of the power, and Alpha Ten. pumps just enough energy into the lamp to teleport the lamp away which causes the genie Five, to convert into energy and four, disappear making three, this the most flaccid and two, unsatisfying sword fight one. ever and it's oh. the end at flaccid and unsatisfying <laughs> oh no but we haven't finished how will we know that Billy and Kimberly managed to switch back to their own bodies using the machine and Bulk and Skull managed to switch back as well and everything was fine in the end but I don't know happen. we probably could have just assumed it no <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> okay well that was switching places and 
it's it's a humdinger of an episode. As we say, there's a lot of questions, so let's just leap straight in, shall we? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, I, well, this, this, frankly, this whole episode was a chore to watch. It just just kept going on and on and on. Why don't you start with asking some questions? Well, I bloody loved it. <laughs> no, I can't disagree with that. I didn't like I, this at all. I mean, we'll get on to that later, but I just thought this was fun. I mean, it's got lots of problems, and we're going to go through them one by one. But So I, many problems. I, <laughs> I mean, the first of which is Squat again breaking into the Power Rangers' houses after dark, not just murdering them by holding a pillow over their faces. I've, and he can break in so easily as well, no resistance whatsoever. Yeah. And apparently, despite his size, he's quite good at sneaking. Yeah, where was Billy's nasty dog while Squat tried to get in? That's not a nasty dog. That's not a nasty dog that jumps in bulk and skull. And this is a pet peeve of mine where they are actually genuinely nice looking dogs which use sound effects to make them sound more vicious than they really are. It seemed a bit vicious. I mean, the first couple of times you see it, it's like, oh, that's cute. And then yeah. it does start going, woof, woof, rah! Uh, well, yeah, that only works if you've got a real fear of dogs. I, I was not threatened by that lovable pooch whatsoever. <laughs> Speaking of lovable pooches, I mean, the genie is a dog for some reason, because he's from the wolf's head no. galaxy. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out why they decided to throw that in. Anyway, I even wrote this down because it stuck out. It was, <laughs> so uh, did I. <laughs> the canine four of the wolf's head galaxy. Yeah, there's no good reason for that. And also, bulk and skull crawl in like dogs shortly after that. I don't know if there's any, if there's any th- thematic thing going on. I'm starting to suspect that there is. This is all suspiciously dedicated to the dogs. This is a doggy-style episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. So the premise of the story is that Billy and Kimberly swap brains. Which, I'm just going to say this right now, I generally do not like that premise of any uh, TV show or movies. And it's not because I don't understand it. It's because I understand it too much. How do you mean? All right. Picture this. All right. So the idea about switching bodies is means is switching brains, which means that you, the other person has to think and believe and act like the person they swapped with, right? Yeah. To do that means that the person, uh, one person's personality is consisting of chemical and biological and brainwave setup, which is unique on a person-to-person basis, which means you would have to change that person's chemistry and biology at a, at an atomic level, which is insanely detailed. Hang on, which this is the requires a dude, tremendous amount of power. This is the dude who built a flying car. Why can't he have built an insanely detailed atomizing brain smashed thing? Anyone could build a flying car. They're working it right now. But this kind of technology of <laughs> rewriting, rewriting the person's biology is, is, it's, it's hundreds of years in the future, I'm sure of it. And then there's the, all the, the elements of having to switch the bodies back. Switch the bodies back. That means you have had to have collected this, copied that person's DNA and chemical makeup on storage somewhere so you can refer to it and then transfer it back into the body. That's hundreds of thousands of petabytes, not terabytes, petabytes of data. This is some Star Trek sh- man and for, for billy to 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 come up with this uh, uh, billy is using quasitronic circuitry at this point uh, remember oh uh, right of course yeah so, so can we just give him a break no i'm not giving on. this one a break <laughs> this is too advanced even for billy i'm saying that right you see now. it's interesting the different tacks we take on this one you've written down you know why didn't this why how did they manage to do this i've just written down why don't they call in sick that's another thing that, that, well, that was my, that's the second point why do they go to school to try and 
live a normal life for 10 minutes or five minutes, my bad. There seemed no good reason. If I was to swatch bodies with you, I wouldn't go to work. I would say, okay, let's sit down. Let's try and fix this. Yeah, but instead they spend the whole day at school. And I mean, it's funny. I enjoy it. (laughs) But I mean, there's so many things wrong. First of all, how does Kim suddenly need glasses? Like eyes are definitely a biological thing. Yep. Then the thing is, they would be editing brains and chemicals. They wouldn't be editing eyeballs. And frankly, that's quite amazing. If if this machine inadvertently cures eyesight, but also breaks eyesight as well, that's weird. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe Billy's blindness is psychosomatic. Mm-hmm. Is is that a possibility? Do you think that? Yeah, because I mean, in later seasons, he sort of ditches the glasses, and his excuse is that he's wearing contacts. What if he's not wearing contacts at all? Maybe. What if he just had counselling to get him over the psychosomatic blindness? Mm. And we we have kind of seen this in episode 11 or 12 where they become punks. And Billy puts on those glasses, those shades, which cannot be prescription. Maybe it is psychological. Yeah, I think it actually might be. Billy's a fake. <laughs> He's a super genius fake who's wearing glasses. Hang on, to... maybe the glasses don't even have a prescription. That's my point. They could just be simple glass. This is literally just vanity to make himself look more intelligent. He's probably not a super genius. I bet he's just copying that off Alpha 5, who's yeah. just been pumping him technology. That's why they can do all this cl- uh, mind-swapping malarkey. But, I mean, given that they do go to school, there's some other big questions... Why did Billy bother putting on makeup in the first place? <laughs> you know, it's not like Kimberly is hideous without makeup. No, absolutely. Or oh, oh, the thing is, I don't mind him trying it, trying to put on makeup and just failing. But then why didn't he just clean his face? He looked like some kind of... He looked like a, a really poor man's joker. Well, why did he wait till he got to school to try it anyway? Uh... He's not a smart kid, that kid. Yeah, I mean, this is the least of my problems, because then we get to Billy, or Kimberly in Billy's body, who has somehow discovered that Angel Grove High's computers have an explode button. That's just poor design. It's just like, don't press that button, Billy. Oh, what does that do? Oh, it blows up the computer. Well, obviously, there must have been like something like Windows Vista or something. Yeah. They thought it was a good idea to stick it in there. Control destroy. Uh, actually, who was that kid? That Billy was talking to anyway. I didn't recognise him. Um, just some random kid, like kind of like Willie was, I suppose. Ah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And how dumb are Jason and Trini when, <laughs> well, when they actually, when Billy and Kimberly actually get around to confessing what's happened to the bodies of Switch? So Jason's first thought re- reaction was, "So if you're Kimberly, does that make you?" Uh, yes. Yeah. Of are you in and there, Kimberly? Tri- are you oh, in I there, know. Kimberly? <laughs> What does that even mean, Trini? Yeah. I mean, I have to say, makeup aside, I actually think that those two did wonders for each other. Oh? I think they both look improved in this episode. I think they look pretty hot. Uh... You know, Billy without the glasses and without the dungarees and things. You know, Kim does some excellent shopping for him. And, you know, Kimberly with the glasses... Yeah, it's it's a nice look. I'm well. Kimberly works with absolutely anything. I mean, she could she could put on a, a trash bin; it would look sexy on her. But Billy, I do agree, he does look stylish. Yeah, no, it's a shame that he doesn't keep some of those clothes afterwards and sort of wear them again. But well, he doesn't he doesn't feel comfortable dressing up like himself. He needs to look like he's a nerd. Hence the glasses. Hence the hence the false blindness. Uh, and you know, I think Balkan Skull. 
there's not a lot to say about them really, but it's it's enjoyable. All four, actually, I think all four of them did a really good job in this episode of inhabiting each other's roles. I think, yeah, I I, I couldn't see a weak link among them. It was just fun. The acting, yes, I agree. They done a good job. It's just the premise which I just don't like. I just fundamentally don't like. Well, I mean, I don't know why Bulk and Skull were just hanging out at Billy's lab anyway. Because they were creeping on Kimberly. But the thing I don't understand is how is Bulk able to hear everything that Billy is saying in the driveway when the laboratory is inside the building? When did he develop <laughs> super hearing, superhuman hearing and sights and all this kind of stuff? That that was the first of many warning signs about this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the whole idea of a brain reading thing anyway. I mean, in both Bulk and Skull and Billy and Kim's cases, it's not hard. Kimberly's thinking about shopping. Billy's yep. thinking about robot women. Bulk yep. is thinking about food. And Skull is yep. thinking about Kimberly. We Bang! Don't, we didn't we don't need, need the machine, machine to figure that out. Exactly. exactly. Whoa. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did we jump into the machine by mistake? I don't know. Oh, I, I'm doing stuff for the rotary at the weekend. What about you? Oh, yeah, I'm just talking about all this uh, mostly made-up Doctor Who stuff and writing all this all this fantastic material. Yeah, I wish I was writing fantastic material, but that's another <laughs> thing for another time. <laughs> the machine itself was impractical. Was it, though? Yes, because... It assumes that one person is shorter than the other. Well, no, I'm guessing Billy adjusted that. No, it there was the cardboard cutout frame where two humans go inside. Uh, one person has to be shorter than the other, and I think Skull had to like squat a little bit. And Bulk had to baboo. Duh. I mean, if anything, the two of them are the other way around, aren't they? It, it really should be the other way around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Okay. We'll come back to a bit of the body swap stuff, but there's an obvious restriction in this episode. There's an obvious footage restriction. I mean, just look at when they're summoning the genie. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, the way they did it. Well, there's footage of them summoning the genie, briefly. They zoom in on the genie, and then the next thing, they're just playing that footage in reverse. They're zooming out of the genie, (laughs) putting the genie back in the bottle (laughs) via reversing the footage. Yeah, I saw that too. It seems to take forever to actually get the genie down to Earth, because they're just kind of padding for time. (laughs) I was wondering. It was like, okay, you got the genie out. <laughs> now you have to put the genie back in. What? To what? Their reasoning was to avoid detection or something, which I didn't quite understand. Yeah, and then Rita, they brought it down. Well, Rita, and then Rita repeats that point twice, I think, about the genie needing to be in the lamp to avoid detection. I don't understand how like, that is, because because Zordon is the all-seeing eye, and he would have he detected it anyway. Yeah, well, he's the all-seeing eye as long as it happens in the juice bar. Let's face it, <laughs> or Kimberly's bedroom. Well, that's where all the interesting thing happens. True, true. I mean, it's almost like there was a lack of footage, usable footage from the Japanese show. What? Sh- Heavens no, that would never happen, surely. Well, should we find out? Tell me, man, tell me. Okay. So, Zhu Ranger, episode 11, begins with Totopat, which is Babu, fishing with a magical hook from the moon. Uh, don't think about the physics of how the line doesn't burn up in the atmosphere, but he manages to hook a lamp from the sea. And he pulls uh. it up, and Babu rubs it, and he gets a genie. And uh, they summon the Z-Rangers. They send them like a letter, literally okay. just send them a letter saying, hey, come and meet us. Uh, and right. they rub the lamp, and they ask the djinn to defeat the Z-Rangers. Good wish to have, yep. Yep, um, and he does. He traps them, he zaps them. And that's the bitch you see in that. He sort of does them up in the steady string stuff. 
and then that becomes proper kind of bonds. Oh, and yeah. he zaps them, and then the Red Ranger deflects the shot, which you don't see in the American episode. And that's when the shot hits Squat and Babu. They drop the lamp, like throw it up in the air, and it yeah. lands. Of course, it lands with some children. but the shoot rangers don't know this so they go searching for the lamp and yeah it turns out this gang of kids have got it they've kind of set up a base in an old warehouse somewhere and the gin is conjuring up the child a sports car he gives the girl a flying carpet and generally he's just hanging out he's having a good time he's playing video games with them he's dancing with them it seems like a pretty awesome party grants them every wish they want yeah every wish they want because you know that's what he's there for and he's just their mate, so why not? The Zoo Rangers want the lamp, but they're like, no, Jin is our friend. And yeah, he gives you money and comic books and shit. He'd be my friend too if you give me all that kind of well, stuff. Well, exactly. Yeah, so the Jin and the Zoo Rangers kind of want to protect the children. And the Jin turns Squat and Babu when they turn up. He turns them into balloons. But then Bandora destroys the lamp so that she can make a new one and like trap him in that. Because obviously, if he can't go back to his lamp, he's got no powers. And uh-huh. so the... The gin is sad. So, I mean, you've already used up basically all of the ground footage you see in the episode and all the summoning footage. Oh. Yeah, well, the summoning footage was right at the start with Squat and Babu. Really? That's it. You've only been talking for like five minutes and that's yeah, it? Yeah, Bandora wasn't in the room at all. So the, the gin says there is one way to avoid Bandora taking control of him and that is to find all the different bits of the lamp, which obviously Boy says, well, that's impossible. It went literally everywhere. Okay. But then there's, there's this kind of wacky scouring the city montage set to some jaunty music as both the shoe rangers and the children are kind of going around the city going oh here's a piece here's a piece yeah it's Uh... it's fun but anyway they've got just one piece left and that's when bandora turns up with this red teapot and she's like ah ha ha i've finished making my demon lamp and she sucks the gin into the demon lamp and then he comes out and he's now Dora Jin. Ah. That's why he looks different when he grows, because he's got the red teeth and fangs. Oh, oh, okay. So he looks more feral and canine when he goes through the evil lamp. Yeah, so that's ah. when he grows. And they form the Megazord, but they're like, ah, we can't kill him because the kids like him. What? If that's not a meta thing, I don't know what is. So anyway, Geki and Gushi, the red and black rangers, they send the other Zoo rangers out to help to try and find the last piece of the of the lamp with the kids while they fight the Jin. So there's actually only two of them in the Megazord cockpit at this time. There's the whole thing uh-huh. with the drill. He sort of drills down onto the faces almost. And that's when one of the kids finds the last piece of the lamp, returns the gin to the lamp. That's when you see him disappear. Ah, of course. But May Unmorph uses her bow and arrow to destroy Bandora's teapot lamp. And that's the end. That's when she goes, ah, oh, I've got a migraine. And then in the American one, she just goes, ah, oh, I've got a headache. Goodbye. I love that line. That was the best thing about that episode. Goodbye. I think in the Japanese one, it was more like, ah, curse you, Zoo Rangers. And she goes off. It it made more sense. Uh, But anyway, then (laughs) the Zoo Rangers put a charm on the lamp so that it won't be found by evil again. And they throw the lamp back in the sea so that, you know, the kids aren't in danger anymore. The end. I got to say, that doesn't sound like a very interesting episode. It wasn't? No, I think, you know, it lacked a certain something. It was... It was okay, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the Power Rangers one was better. I Yeah, because it had all of the fun sort of stuff. Yeah, but again, once again, the American writers have took this opportunity to write up their entire own storyline, which has absolutely nothing to do with the Genie storyline. I mean, there is l- absolutely no real connection between <laughs> the two. 
Oh, not no. at all. There's, I was kind of hoping for a bit of Dan and May swapping fun. You know, I assumed there would be some morphed footage in which the Blue Rangers acting like the Pink Ranger and vice versa. And there was nothing, which was uh, a shame. Yeah, that's it. A missed opportunity. I mean, there are loads of things which which started off, but they didn't pay off. I mean, yeah, uh, well... Th- but a lot of it's explained by the fact that there was just simply not enough Zoo Ranger footage. So things like, oh, yeah. Babu just dropped the f- lamp inexplicably, and he's like, oh, oh no, oh no, something's going to happen. <laughs> nothing of a dance, because there's no footage. I mean, the thing is, why I don't know why Billy and Kimberly don't morph wrong. What do you, what do you mean by morph wrong? Well, I don't know why Billy doesn't say pterodactyl and Kimberly doesn't say triceratops. I mean, I do know why, because they couldn't be bothered to like film anything new for it. No. But that would that would have been cool. I mean, I did like the bit in the Zord cockpits. Where he goes... Billy, uh, Kimberly, uh, and yeah, then it just cuts that... to the next person. All right, I'll, I'll give you that one. That, that was, was nice. nice. I mean, I don't know quite what it says. I mean, it seems to suggest that they're all being filmed. The fact that there's a time limit for them... But I just like the next person started. Like just, <laughs> just like shut up, Kimberly. Didn't Kimberly think that this is actually a very dangerous machine, and yet she jumped onto the mind switching machine, happily as Larry. She could have died. They could have both. You know died. what? It's funny you say you should say that. I don't know if Kimberly ever thought that, but Amy Jo Johnson and David Yost certainly did. Wait, sorry. They almost got set on fire by that machine. <laughs> No, are you yeah. serious? I've seen it mentioned in convention panels. Kimberly and Billy very, yeah, the the machine almost set them on fire. It was not. No, uh, that's impossible. How could it have set on fire? The pyrotechnics involved. What pyrotech? Oh yeah, there was, wasn't there? I forgot about there that. There were sparks and things. Yeah, it it wasn't safe. And oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bill Balkis Gold did a great job acting, making it look like it really, really, really hurt. But yeah. I didn't realise that the actual set caught on fire. Yeah, it was a bit of a near-death experience. But uh, that makes it sound like the whole thing was made of cardboard. Billy, what are you doing? Probably was. Or more flammable polystyrene, probably. That'll teach them. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the, at the episode up on Ranger Wiki. Apparently the the lamp that they use in the brief American footage of it, because yeah. they obviously don't have the genie costume to do anything. Well, otherwise, as you say, when Babu dropped the lamp, it would have gone, you would have been able to see the genie, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the lamp that they use for the American footage is a toy of the lamp from Aladdin. Yes, you're right. Now that I think about yeah. it, it didn't occur to me. Aladdin had been out the previous year, so they just went to Toys R Us, picked up a plastic lamp. <laughs> Nice. There we nice. go. Job done. Obviously, the usable, the lack of usable footage in this episode does mean that there's a bit of a mess going on. You know, they teleport to the command center, they morph away, uh, they get, they have like ten seconds against the genie. Zordon goes, "Oh, they're out of their depth." Teleport them back. He sends them back out again. It's the whole thing is just trying to cover for the fact that. They really don't have a lot of usable footage where there's not Japanese kids or, you know. Yeah, I, I actually spotted that quite easily. And I was thinking, come on, Zorro, give them <laughs> half a chance. That's not fair. Well, there's a lot of very quick editing that goes on. Too quick editing. Maybe they could have yeah. done something clever like splicing something else or, I don't know, play it reverse. Well, the thing is that you're reduced to the idea of Alpha saving the day. You know, everything I... the Power Rangers do is kind of useless. Oh yeah, I mean they were they were on the ropes. Nothing that they did was actually having any effect on the genie. And it was the combined efforts of Alpha and Zordon saving the day by how's that 
teleporting the lamp out of the way. Just, just get rid of it. That's it. That'll do. That'll destroy the monster. <laughs> Well, I can't. No. And then they were panicking and they say, Alpha, you got to be careful because if you pump in too much energy. Oh, it was such false jeopardy. Such false jeopardy. And it had already taken Alpha far too long to realise that the source of the genie's power was the lamp. Jeez. They had, I, mean, I know. It's just, it's just a five year old could have told you that, guys. We could have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we did right now, Ranger Pod. <laughs> But obviously this happened uh, 20-odd years ago, so it's no good. It did happen 20-odd years ago. Otherwise, I just think there was a lot of fun going on here. You know, I was a bit worried about another Billy and Kimberly acting up episode after the Power Ranger punks. But actually, it's just fun. I mean, yes, there's so many flaws in it. We've gone through them. But and it, it annoys me that we never actually addressed the fact that Squat interfered with Billy's machine. He could have actually made that machine kill Billy. Probably quite easily. <laughs> no, he was trying to. He just doesn't know how to make it no, kill the machine. No, he never was, though, because he said, you know, originally he says, oh, I want it to scramble Billy's brains. That's fine. And then he well, says, and the other rangers will be distracted while they're trying to get him back to normal. No, he didn't. Wait, did he? He said something like that. Yeah, the other, sort of the other rangers will be distracted trying to help him. Yeah, that that doesn't make any real sense. The whole distracting plot line, so he can beat the range. Why didn't yeah. he just kill them? Yeah. Scrabble his brains would have been fantastic. Oh, there'll be one less ranger for the. And that's what they've been trying to do. Well, no, because Uncle Howard's on the sidelines. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Got to bring Uncle Howard back in. The second Billy dies, I think Jason will just be like, "Ah, oh, that's sad." Uncle Howard, <laughs> karate scientist, we need you. <laughs> you're still trying to push for that uncle howard i i certainly am even though he's probably dead by now oh that's a sad thought yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> i find it interesting how even though it's another episode of billy and kimberly acting like something they're not you seem to prefer this episode more and i seem to prefer the punk episode more it's it's interesting how we like different things well, there's not the overacting that's in the punk episode. You know, in this one, they're, they're imitating each other, basically. You know, that's it's cool. not... They're not sh- they're not shouting, they're not going, Yeah! They, as I say, they all do a really good job. I mean, obviously, it's not like they're doing uncanny impressions, but they kind of capture the flavour of each other's characters. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I say that, I think that... And I guess kind of rightfully, because Kimberly has a right to be pissed off in this episode... But David Just's Kimberly is quite kind of, you know, he's the, throughout most of the episode, he's just like, uh, Billy did this. Oh, this goes back to an interesting question. I mean, what would happen if a male mind was transferred into a female body? Would their personalities be slightly altered because of the body chemistry? And that's an interesting question. Well, I mean, look, Billy obviously had a look when he was there. Wouldn't you? I know I would. Yeah, well, obviously. Um yeah, you know, I, I just think <laughs> there there are some less innocent aspects to this that we just didn't get to see, which I think is probably for the best. Do you think Kimberly looked at Billy when she had the chance? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I don't know, actually, because, I mean, she did manage to get him kind of pretty honked up. Maybe she was like, hey, maybe there's something to this guy, you know. <laughs> Should we get to reviewing this episode? Yeah, let's round this up. 
this episode, like I said at the start of this uh, of the Ranger Pod, is was a complete chore for me. I had to watch through this, and I wasn't interested. I wasn't engaged, and the more I watched, the less it made sense. And uh, this had a disadvantage to begin with because of the premise of body swapping, which I personally don't like. So really, this is more of a personal thing than anything else. <laughs> uh, and the ending was unsatisfying to say the least, especially with the the genie just disappearing and end up being the alpha saving the day rather than the rangers for me there was too many things i didn't like and not enough things i did like and it actually left me quite irritated and angry so and i, I feel bad for giving the uh, peace love and woe episode as low as mark as i did because this is worse so hang on you gave peace love and woe did you give it a one or a two i gave uh, that episode one power coin and this is worse so i'm just yeah i'm gonna give this a one power coin as well be below that episode it's wow. not quite a zero yet but it's i don't like this episode at all i mean you're wrong you're so wrong look there's lots of flaws with this episode i get that there's so many flaws but it's also really enjoyable i mean the whole body swatching switching thing i really like that as a concept i don't care that it's not scientifically grounded you know i just like the idea they're acting like each other for comic effect and mm. they do play it for laughs you know it's i mean yes don't bother putting the makeup on etc etc the genie is a cool monster you know it's a shame we don't get to see much of him but he's a cool monster he's got a good voice um you know he's got that kind of low grax like voice well to date you know he sounds like you do today. Yeah, you could, you could, you could be that genie. I should, I, I should do some voice and uh, acting uh, with his voice right now. Hey, Power Ranger boys, give me a call. I'm, I'm available. Power Ranger boys. Yeah. Not the girls. You don't want the girls to give you a call. Oh well, that's a good point actually. <laughs> I suppose you might cough all over them, but. Uh, <clears throat> but look, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I think. The footage limitations and what they do to the second half of the episode bring it down a bit for me. But just based on the sheer enjoyment factor of all the body swapping stuff, I'm going for a four. Four. Four power coins out wow. of five. Yeah, that, I. This is like this sounds like one of your fav- one of your top three episodes. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I mean, certainly so far, I guess by like default. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. You know, they can't all be action adventure epics. We've got that next week. Mm. Or rather, we've got that next week. The listeners, I'm afraid you're going to have to wait for just over a week. Because next week, we're taking a a short break to bring you a very special interview. What? Yep, last year I spoke to Mr. Ron Wasserman himself, a.k.a. Aaron Waters and the Mighty Roar. The man who did the theme music, the man who did all the incidental music, the man who did the songs. that We've not even got to the songs in this series yet. Last year, I got to ask him some questions, and he's very kindly agreed we can put that out as a podcast. So, yeah, look out for that next Wednesday instead of the usual shenanigans. Well, I haven't heard any of this at all. I'm quite looking forward to this. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really great interview. I'm I'm so glad that he's let me kind of dust it off and use it for the podcast. And then on Monday, the nineteenth of June. Wait, what? Monday? Monday, the nineteenth of June. We'll be bringing you the Green Ranger Saga with Green with Evil Part 1. And on Tuesday, 
we'll be bringing you Grim of Evil Part 2, and so on through to Friday. It's like half-term all over again. My god, that plan sounds insane. It is insane. It's going to kill us. It is going to kill us. There might not be any more episodes after the Green Ranger saga, but by God, <laughs> we're doing the Green Ranger saga. Well, we've got to go out. Let's go out of a bang. Let's go out of a bang indeed. Um, so, yeah, look, please tell people about the podcast. I think we're going to have some really exciting episodes coming up, um, including that interview. Please tell people about it. Please rate us on iTunes. It all helps, apparently. Um, and just generally, please get excited. You know, tweet us at RangerPod. Let us know how pumped you are for the Green Ranger. Uh, email us therangerpod at gmail.com. We mainly only get spam there at the moment, so that'd be nice. And generally, just stay tuned because we've got some really exciting stuff coming for you. In the meantime, I've been PDT. I've been Grax. And we will see you on the 19th. See you next time. See you next time.